welcome, 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 dear, kind listener to the Lake Hooplands podcast brought to you by Brendan and Scott. I, of course, am Scott. I'm Brendan. And in the middle, again, is Coach Joe Duffield. Back again, and very happy to be here. Very happy. We want as many of these as we can get. Oh my gosh. Seven more, please. Keep them rolling. Uh, So yes, we of course are presented by Tritex Cabinets. It's www.tritexcabinets.com. We thank Trey Chapman for all the support all season long. There are sponsorships available for the playoffs. Talking to you, Steve Adams. (laughs) Yeah, you did have a little conversation with Steve. He was, so he's mad. That we didn't ask him. I think he's a little offended. Oh, he's like, offended. Why, would, why wouldn't you just ask me to, to be a sponsor of it? Well, I don't know. I, I thought I was asking everyone. Well, I think what we did was uh, they're a very big supporter of the Lake Highlands basketball program to begin with. Right. They're, uh, you know, sponsors and on the video board and, and all those things. And so we were like, ah, we don't want to double dip on them. So I'm sorry, Steve Adams. But all that to be said is. There's still sponsorships available right now. That's right. You can reach me at Scott at Linesight2020.com or Brendan at Brendan at Linesight2020.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Although this one's not going to be on YouTube. Yeah. We're going audio only. For good reason. I got three reasons why this shouldn't be on YouTube. You have a red hat that's backwards. You're wearing a green shirt. You're not wearing a green shirt. But if you were wearing a green shirt, it would really mess with our whole uh, green screen situation. Yes, it would. And so we're not going to do that. Right. Your shirt would be pasted with Lake Hooplands. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it come across like this, right? Yeah, exactly. So follow us on uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and YouTube at Lake Hooplands. Jump into it. We're going to get into it. Uh, there was a game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just touch on our district real quick. Richardson's season ended in a loss on Friday night to Hebron. Hebron's on fire. Is it Hebron? Louisville, he- is it Hebron? Hebron. Yeah, yeah. it's Hebron. In basketball, it's Hebron. <laughs> That's Lebron. Lebron. Took That's down close. the Mavs today. Uh, and so Richardson goes out to Hebron, 57-34. to 34. Um, They will square off, Hebron will, uh, against Plano, uh, who beat Highland Park in our doubleheader that we will discuss shortly. Uh, so Richardson's season ends then. Uh, who else is in our district? Jesuit lost in the first round. That's right. Who yep. else? Highland uh, Park. HP. Yep. Oh, an HP. Which we're going I, to get to in a I second. I literally removed them from the district because I thought I was just talking about them because I went there. No, 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 no. Okay, so Hebron goes out. So, Lake Highlands, the only team left. I'll say this. Uh, Hebron's, I think uh, their district beat all of Allen's district in the first round. They did. They went They went 4-0. Yeah, very impressive from that district. And a lot of good teams and coaches, uh, as you are saying. Yeah, Hebron's kind of getting hot at the right time. Uh, as a four seed, um, but I know they got a, a Division One player back kind of the last two weeks of the season and uh, are playing some good basketball. So that'll be an interesting district matchup in the third round with Hebron and Plano, uh, you know, playing, I guess it'll be the third time. District matchup. Okay, that's fantastic. Jink. There you go. Um, so Lake Highlands beat um, Plano East. They beat Plano East, right. You were there. I was there. I will talk. Let's talk about the atmosphere first. So we had a doubleheader at Moody Coliseum over at SMU. Um, it was incredible. Like it felt like a professional basketball game. It felt like electric thirty minutes before tip off. Like you, it, people were jazzed about being there. How many tickets do you think they sold to that game? 
I'm going to say 5,000. 6,400 tickets were sold to the doubleheader. And that stadium holds like seven. Is that right? 7,000 capacity, Coach? Is that what yes, they tell you? Yeah, yes. They said 7,000 would be a sellout. Um, really incredible atmosphere. Um, we're so fortunate, um, our kids, that, that they got to experience something like that. Um, you know, we had kind of intended to play at Naaman Forest and uh, just kind of waited a little bit to see um, how the other details would work out. And um, Wednesday morning after our win over Arlington Bowie, uh, we started getting some messages and, and uh, really uh, Plano and, and Plano ISD, they, they really took the charge in trying to, to make this thing happen. And uh, there were a lot of moving pieces and, um, you know, when it, when it became the idea of having a doubleheader with the two Plano schools and Lake Highlands and Highland Park, man, we just jumped on it. I mean, you know, it's, it's right around the corner. Um, you know, Moody is an awesome setting for God, basketball. what a great facility. Um, you know, some, some of the college arenas are so big that it can feel empty. Um, and then it's just the perfect size in my opinion, you know, and, and, and we packed it. Um, and I think really in the second half of our game, I mean, it, it, it sure seemed full. And, just the fact, I think this will help the team going forward. If they do get down to San Antonio and play in the Alamo Dome, which is going to be cavernous. Is um, it going to be in the Alamo Dome? It is. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so the fact that you're playing in a much, much bigger arena than you're used to playing in, uh, you kind of get the depth perception down. Um, honestly, a couple of Plano East guys that we'll talk about later had trouble getting kind of into the rhythm of it. Trey had no problem. Uh, Trey seemed to do fine in that gym. He might be an SMU Mustang because of it. <laughs> this isn't 1980s football. <laughs> I've been to some games. But, but here's the thing about the smaller arena. Um, college basketball is doing this a lot now. Yep. Where Texas did it. They yep. downsized uh, the mood down there. Is it is that Moody Coliseum also? It, it's um, Who's this the Moody? Moody Center. The Moody, Moody Center. Yeah. It must be rich. Is what they must be rich, <laughs> yeah. These moody people, yeah. Names are in a lot of buildings, yeah. I don't know. yeah. Uh, but Texas downsized to about 10,000 ish yeah. from what it was before, which was probably 15 or, or 17. I think it was like 18, yeah. And it just makes for a better atmosphere, no doubt. It's just a lot louder. Texas now has a home court advantage yes. for that, and so the SMU intimate feel of 7,000 uh, seats was great for the team, uh, it was electric. I sat down closer to the court, and I just, I mean, <laughs> I had to take a picture. I was like, this is incredible. Uh, and so I'll just touch on uh, Highland Park lost to Plano after in the second game of the doubleheader and it, in what was a really physical game. Did you stay and watch for that? Did I watched watch that game? some of it. Coach Joe watched <laughs> all of it. We, st we Actually, we stayed for the first half and then went home. Uh, and watched some of it on on the stream on NFHS, but um, just going back to games at SMU. Um, you know, I know you played high school basketball here in the area. You know that used to be the place. Oh like, yeah. Every time you had a big Dallas basketball matchup, um, you know, especially '90s, early 2000s, like it was going to be at Moody. And yep. um, you know, in these first three rounds, you know, I would argue with anybody, Dallas basketball is the best in the nation, you know, definitely the best in the state of Texas. And so you have some of these matchups early on, um, you know, for example, Friday night, you got four teams in the top 10, top 11 in the state matching up in the second round. You know, you're not going to get it that really anywhere else in the state. 
and 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 to put it in a place like that um you know it, it, it that's what the kids deserve um you know these are really really good teams really really good players and uh man we're we're so appreciative that um they set that up and and made it happen and and hopefully that will um you know I had somebody reach out to me today about hey we need to do try to do more big time high school matchups at SMU maybe in non district maybe earlier in the season because um, it is a great basketball venue for sure. And even for those history buffs out there, the Mavericks played at Moody Coliseum yes, they uh, did. in the playoffs against the Lakers a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So that's where Moody Magic kind of got its name. They also played against the Lakers today. Oh, did they? Yes. That's no right. one cares about that. Um, Jordan Divens of Max Preps calls Texas 6A the second hardest state tournament in the country. Uh, the toughest, according to Divens, is the California Open Division, which was just won, I think, last night or Friday night or last night. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I saw Centennial won a big game. I didn't know if that, that was the state championship or what. It was, yeah. So Centennial won their third straight California Open Division title, uh, Centennial being one of Lake Highland's three losses this season. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the end of this game, dude, but uh, yes. there was five seconds left. Centennial steals the ball. And this kid took, I think, one or two dribbles, dunked it from that dashed circle after the free throw line, flushed it, and the game was over. Ball yeah. It was tied. He dunked it, and the game was over. Yep. It was incredible. Went through went through right at the exact moment, right? The yes. Horn. Yes. What a great finish. Um, so Lake Highlands beats Plano East 66-63. The final scoreboard showed 66-64, and so I think they – uh, reverted to the two on the last bucket that Plano East made uh, from the corner. But let's get into the game a little bit. First half, I mean, firing on all cylinders. Trey can score, as I saw, in a phone booth. Like, he doesn't need any space. And he was absolutely hitting everything. Uh, Samson played great. Uh, DJ Hall, their 6'6", sophomore, really good player. Yep. Um, and he and he really finished the game really strong. He's got right, nice soft touch. Uh, he can hit that elbow jumper. He can take it to the paint. But Samson was really, really taking it to him uh, in that first half. Q, just some giant threes early. Uh, I think the first three of the game right yep. was was his was Jalen. Yeah. Oh, uh, was Jalen? Yeah, the first one uh, he came off a little pick and roll. They went under, and, and Jalen buried it. Um, but he, but you're absolutely right. Him him Quentin and Trey were. They came out ready to play. All our guys. I was I was super pleased with um, the way we were ready. Um, uh, I think we've had a lot of great experiences. We've talked about it here on the podcast before. Just our schedule and some of the games and atmospheres we've been in, and you just tell our kids we're ready for this. We were, we were really ready for the moment, and very proud of the way they just started the game and and came out really aggressive. What was your thought on the first half, Brandon? Yeah, it was um, just absolutely uh, well prepared. Is what I would. It was what it looked like. It looked like uh, you put together a game plan for Lake Highlands to go out and execute, and they did to almost, literally, almost to perfection. I can't think of a better way uh, to start. And they were just in con- control, and you could just see on uh, Coach Wester's face in the first half. We're just talking first half. He was frustrated. Um, but again, and as those who were witness to it, what a great coach in demeanor in terms of keeping calm, uh, amidst the storm. Cause that's what he did. Cause it looked for a second there 
like this was going to be an absolute uh, field day uh, for the stat sheet for the Wildcats. And it was really 38-19, <laughs> and Quentin gets a turnover right at the end of the first yeah. half, and they get a little bunny. Did you see that, Coach Joe? Did you see that turnover? I I did. I did. Uh, Didn't love it. Didn't love it. Didn't love it. Gave Quentin a bit of an earful Uh, uh, and then a hug. Yes. I love the hug. Yeah, we we love Quentin. He was was so awesome. Uh, I think we had him for nine steals on the game, which is unbelievable. Um, Big shot after big shot. Um, He's just so dynamic, how he moves and guards and and makes plays. so yeah, didn't love the turnovers there at the end of the end of the half, but um, you know he owned up to it, took responsibility, and um, you know came out and did so many good things uh, the whole game. There's a lot of accountability on this team, which I really like. It's my bad, you know. I'm gonna be better next time. And and Trey and Quentin and Jalen really get together on those things. Yep. Um, See so, it with Samson too. Yep. I, that's that's one of our core values. We we have five core values, and 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 one of them is accountability. And we talk about with our players all the time. There, there's three types of accountability. Um, one is coach to player. So you know, player like you're talking about, player messes up, and the coach kind of gets on them a little bit. And you know, average teams have that. Um, you know, the next one is self accountability. You know, you got to do what you're supposed to do, what you say you're going to do. Are you accountable to yourself? And and you get those two, and then you're getting somewhere. But the third one is is player-to-player accountability. And so when you have players that hold each other accountable that, um, hey, man, you got to do your rep, or, hey, we got to block out, or when when they start doing that amongst each other and you have all three of those phases, then you got a chance to be special. And – um, it's interesting you say that and notice it because that's something we um, we really stress with our guys. So the second half, <clears throat> Plano East comes out firing. Um, you know, I think they, they really had a nice third quarter. What did Coach Westers do in that second half that sort of made it more difficult? Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I thought in the third quarter – Trey was unbelievable, um, and we made it. Uh, we made an effort to really go to him early. Can I say something real quick? <laughs> I just noticed this after halftime. They're all out there playing with out there, warming up, shooting. We're in the locker room still, and we come out, and I'm just like, all right, we're just gonna roll the ball out and play. And Trey just buries a bucket <laughs> after bucket, and I'm like, oh, he doesn't need any warm up. Yeah, it's great. Uh, he, he gets a lot of shots up every day. Um, but he came out ready to go. And I, I do think our third quarter was good. I mean, we, we were up 14 going into the fourth. Um, but your, your question was, what did, what did Plano East do? And, and credit to Coach Wester. I mean, they're a great team. You, you know, if you win 30 games in a high school basketball season, you, you know, you are a really good team. And a lot of teams we've played this year, a lot of good teams, you know, when we kind of do what we did in the first half, a lot of those teams fold. Mm-hmm. And and they did not. And, you know, I am a, a former Plano East Panther and alumni, and, and uh, there was a very, very small part of me that was that was proud that those guys fought the way they did. And I knew they would, um, those coaches and players. But um, I think they did a good job pressuring us. Um, they we did some things different with pick and roll defense. They did some things different, and uh, and and they just knocked down some big shots and kind of got a little bit of the momentum going. And um, yeah, credit to them for for kind of making it a ball game, especially in the fourth quarter. 
I thought that what they did excellently, uh, and I talked to Scott about this after the game, was they took Samson out of the game in the second half. I mean, he from a position of huge strength, and, and they knew that going into it. Uh, we, we talked to Coach Wester about that specifically. Uh, their their plan to neutralize him in the second half was was pretty awesome, and then they started really playing to their strengths, which were the pressure defense on on the Wildcats number one, but also number two, just their patience moving that ball around and not feeling overwhelmed by the deficit that they were in. I just I thought it was yep. kind of a thing of beauty that they just kept their poise and didn't feel like okay we've got to get four points out of this possession. They were just kind of chipping away at it and playing their game, which is what uh, Coach Wester has told me all season that his team does best. He, um, <clears throat> you know, Joe Tran had a tough first half. Oh, man. And he's a great shooter. I came like, closer to hitting the rim a couple of times <laughs> like, than he did. No joke, he airballed two in a row. And we were like, <laughs> he's got to get it there, you know. From the same spot almost. Yeah, exactly. But he, he started playing in the second half. Jordan Mizell had a great second half uh, as well. Is that he's ten, or is he four? Ten was uh, Xavier. Okay, um, Xavier Miller. Miller. Yeah. Miller. Yeah. He hit a bunch of big shots. Yep. And so the second half starts to unravel just a touch. Um, got real sloppy with the ball, uh, like Highlands did, and that's you know credit to Plano East defense as well uh, for that. The officiating was a little questionable a few times. Um, I know that Jair dove on the ground. I don't know if that was second half or first half. But he gets kneed in the head. Real hard. And no one calls anything. And then towards the, I guess, the end of the third quarter, maybe early fourth, Quentin tosses an elbow-ish uh, after getting fouled, and he gets tech called on him. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, what what was kind of the impetus of that play? What did you see there? Uh, I, you know, they were being real physical with us on rebounds, and I think uh, probably got hit a couple times as we are trying to secure rebounds. And, um you know, maybe not getting a call and got a little frustrated and a um, little bit of a little bit of bumping there and they and they called the technical and um, you know it was just a physical game and they're they're yeah. fighting and clawing their way back and sometimes in games like that you know the refs kind of swallow the whistle on some of those things and you just got to be tough and you know we have to do a better job handling that um, you know our guys haven't played a lot of fourth quarters lately we talked about that too it's like man you know we got to get back used to you're playing four quarters and um you know that's that's something that as we go forward in the playoffs you know the guys will will do much better with that moving forward as i told our friend tom lewis before the game i said this is step on the throat season like this is no joke you're gonna play a lot of teams you might get up really big no reason to let these guys back in games you know they're they're very very good teams and they're very very good players going forward and it is time to really to really get on it and now there was also a jacket that was tossed. I don't know if anybody else caught hold of that. <laughs> so that was on the Quentin elbow. Um, I thought Coach Wester might just undress his entire wardrobe. He lost that jacket real fast. Yeah. It looked like, I don't know if he was mic'd up or something. <laughs> like something was falling off. I mean, it was all over the place. It was, uh, it was I thought it was a great performance uh, on his part. He, he couldn't have stuck up for his player better in that situation. Um, because when you can see the back flap come up on the, the jacket, on the suit jacket, you know you mean business. It's going like, to There's fire there. I actually thought that uh, Coach Wester was the best dressed head coach in that game. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. 
You know Duffield's sitting right here, right? Yeah, he's right there. So I just, okay. I, that's just my observation. Great job, Matt. Great job. You win. You win. <laughs> you win. But that goes back to our earlier conversation with even Coach MJ about, hey, you got a jacket on. It's a perfect thing to throw, right? <laughs> like, what are you going to throw if you got awesome. no jacket on? You're going to throw a marker. Like, that's all you got. And I no one that. can see that. I've done that. I threw a marker this summer. You got yeah. tech, you got you got teed up by a ref this summer. No, I got teed up by a ref two weeks ago. And then you teed him up. That's right. <laughs> I was like, how'd you not get thrown no out of the No jacket. Game? Should I have the jacket? Oh, Even let me better. ask this question. Um, Coach MJ was on, and she said that if you get a technical foul, you have to go down to Austin and talk with the UIL. Is that a thing in boys basketball as well? If if you get ejected. It's ejected. Uh, oh, ejected. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so if you were to get a tech and, and then get a second tech and uh, you know get put out of the game, then yes, you do have to go. Uh, before the UIL and kind of sp- explain what happened, basically. That hasn't happened to you, has it? It has not. It has not. Well, that's um, good. Keeping your cool keep, over there. Try to keep it that way. What happened with the clock in the third quarter? Yeah, you know, I don't know. That that was my only complaint with SMU, and it's just never playing there before. Um, it is kind of hard to see when you're on the bench and on the floor – where the score, because it was like the score was on one board and then the time and score were on another board. Uh, and then they don't put it up top on the big um, yep. center jumbo or whatever you call yeah. it. Couldn't and figure so out where I, to I, look. I, I, yeah, I was kind of turning. And so I don't know. I mean, I, I know it, uh, the clock was 537 and then all of a sudden it was 605. Yeah, right. And I and I, I said to Rev, I, okay, I get it. But that man, that seems like a lot of time. And um, so I don't know if they pulled a fast one on us or – um, if it, it probably was the right thing. Um, but I, again, I, 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 I couldn't really find the clock very well. And I know we had to play at the end of one quarter, uh, maybe the third quarter where we didn't find the clock either. I and mean, we shot a shot a little, a little too quickly, uh, when we were trying to go for the last shot, but, um, you know, these are all good lessons to learn. And, um, you know, I, I think there were a lot of great teachable moments for our team, um, and just a great experience and atmosphere. And, we had a great practice on Saturday, and, and now we'll, we'll have another good one tomorrow and, and get ready for Tuesday. That well, is a good segue. Well, I, I want to ask no, one nope, more question, nope. though, about uh, where, where you parked, Coach Joe. Like, where, where was your vehicle located during this? we need that parking. I mean, so, I spent 40 minutes in a parking garage. We did, yeah, I heard getting out was a little difficult. Uh, we, we took the school bus, the Yellow Dog, uh, over to SMU, and nice. It was, wasn't a super long trip, but there's a back um, – sort of not necessarily tunnel but bottom level entrance in the back so that we high class. that's so. like where they did the lee harpy oswald exchange down <laughs> yeah. at <the> downtown <laughs> it's not. now i w- i just want to give hats off and kudos to mayor pete for the uh the logistics there in the moody coliseum parking garage mayor pete that's him okay uh the ingress and the egress was a little tough it was a little tight in there a little tight yep all right uh good segue though because all of that being said Lake Highlands advances 66 to 63 into the regional quarterfinal round where they will face Arlington Martin. So fans, Tuesday night, 7 p.m., Ellis Davis Fieldhouse, which I believe is in DeSoto. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's probably the best Dallas ISD um, sort of fieldhouse. You know, they have a, a bunch that are historically, you know, we talk about SMU being a great site for for playoff games back in the day you know I think Lowe's is another one that was a traditional place and then um, Ellis Davis was built 
I think mid two thousands, maybe two thousand five ish. Um, I'd never heard of it. I had to look it up. Really, really, really an awesome gym and facility. Um, you know, should be another just great setting for for Tuesday night's game. And we weren't sure if we were going to be able to get it because um, Dallas ISD has first uh, first go at, at if they want to play one of their games there. And I think Kimball and WT White play each other, so two Dallas ISD teams are playing each other, but they're going to play their play their game somewhere else. So uh, we're fortunate that that we're going to get our game there and. You know, I've played some games, coached some games there before, so um, I'm excited about that venue. I spent second to seventh grade in DeSoto, so I know it well. There you go. I think they have a statue of me. I'm not sure. <laughs> what What happened in eighth grade? Why Why moved, not there? Well, I moved to Holland Park. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. <laughs> Thank you. So, so uh, the tip time seven. 7 p.m. 7 o'clock yep. tip. Mm-hmm. You recommend we get there at 6.30? Yes. Yeah, I think doors will probably open 6.15, 6.30. Um, it should be. I know, you know, last year when we played Arlington Martin at Lancaster, it, it, it was tough for people to get in. So, yeah, definitely try to get there early. Um, but I think it'll be, you know, they're used to having big crowds and big games. So, it uh, should be good. So, Arlington Martin, 30-4 and four overall, 11-1 in their district. In their district which got them second place. They lost to Arlington Sam Houston for the first time in 20 years. Wow. And Arlington Sam Houston takes the title in, uh, I think it's 86A. Um, On a coin flip. I mean, they're they're co-district champs, but... but uh, That's not what this is. Lost the coin flip. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah they, they are the two seed, but... So much coin flipping going on in, in high school sports. You got to have a good coin. You, gotta have a good coin. Uh, <laughs> you had a good coin. Hey, uh, shout, out to, shout out to my daughter, Kate Duffield. I asked her to pick one for me. Uh, what was it? Monday, more, one of the mornings before the Plano East game for, for, for the officials. Rest. Yeah, and, yeah. and we, we, we won that one. So We got it. We've seen those dudes a bunch this year. Good, good coin. Yeah. Um, uh, so... One of their losses, obviously, to Arlington Sam Houston. They lost to Centennial as well. They lost to Jordan High School, uh, which is in Region 3-4. Uh, they're out of Full Shear, Texas. Never heard of that in my life, either the high school or the city. Uh, and then they lost to Ellison, which is a really, really good 5A team uh, out of Colleen. Yep, Colleen Ellison. And Great so, program. most important, revenge time. Uh Lake Highlands lost to Arlington Martin in the playoffs last year down in Lancaster. We were there. Um, so what are we looking for this year? Yeah, I mean, the thing the thing about it is is Martin's really got pretty much the same exact team. Um, they did lose uh, one of their seniors last year, Andre Norris, who's number 33, was really, really good last year for them. Uh, so he's gone, but pretty much everybody else is back. Um, so they're – you know they're they're well coached. They shoot the ball really well, share the ball really well. Um, it's funny I'm saying that again because I kind of said the same thing about Plano East. Um, but yeah, um, Cordelius Jefferson going to Houston's very good. Um, number five uh, Stevens is going to Dallas Baptist. He's very good, and they have really good little guard and, and some great athletes. Um, two of whom are going to Nebraska for football. So I mean they've got a bunch of talent, deep team. Well coached, um, so it's going to be a great challenge for us, and uh, we're we're really really excited about it. Cordelius Jefferson, senior point guard, number twenty three in your program, uh, was up for Player of the Week. I think last week, twenty seven points. Um, in That's a good day. Uh, Jaden Juarez, number two, senior point guard, really good ball handler, 
uh, won the game for them in kind of the last 10 seconds or so, hit a yeah, layup. A, ten, with 10 seconds left, right, on yep. the clock. Yep, hit a layup to put them through. And, of course, Cody Stevens, uh, as well as senior shooting guard. He is number five. Um, I'm really excited. We can tell. I get <laughs> – <laughs> I don't like – I'm having such secondary nervousness. I don't have a kid on the team, but, man, I am just – I love it. I was talking to Spence about this on the way back from Houston Who's today. Spence? About, that's my kid. He's the seventh grader here in the basement Spencer of Spencer Morris. Shout him out. Yep. He's Shout the white out. panda. He is known as the white panda from time to time. Hey, now, I'll tell you this. He made a really great video uh, after after the Lake Highlands Plano East game, and he ended it with a weird picture of him and Trey, but that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, but it was kind of an homage to Trey, okay. you know. Very cool. Uh, but, yes. So, we were talking about the nervousness issue. Yeah. And there seems to be this sort of a cultural acceptance of men our age that get nervous, more nervous, when their kids play than when they themselves play. Oh, 100%. Now, I was that never does, nervous. That doesn't happen to me at all. You don't get nervous? No, because it's their life. You're, like, you're a gambler. It's, 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 theirs to, it's theirs to win or lose or succeed or fail, but mostly it's going to succeed, and I don't know. Just let it go. Yeah. I had another uh, kind of media guy was asking some questions and um, said Coach Popovich with the Spurs calls it appropriate fear. Yeah. Um, great. I thought that was a great term. I'd never heard that before. That is before. a good term. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, man, if you're not getting a little bit nervous, if you're not getting a little bit of that feeling before some games like this, then – You're not going deep enough into yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you're not living right. I mean, I, I do think that's uh, that's a normal and appropriate thing. And, and uh, you know, if you know, that's what, why we love playing in these games. Do you, you have great? a pregame ritual, like something that you do every game that's um, besides flip coins? <laughs> You know, I, all green M and M's in I, the bucket. I really don't. You know, there's been times where I've been a little bit superstitious on maybe wearing certain things, or you know, sometimes it's socks. Uh, it's not suits. Or, or, yeah, it's not suits <laughs> anymore. Um, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. I've kind of gotten away from that a little bit, and um, you know, it's just more. I, I think the, the the things that I do in preparation are more of kind of a routine of. Um, you know what we do to get our guys ready and uh you know there's kind of some things that we'll do every every big game that that um those are kind of the things i focus on the great coach jody bass always told us never be afraid to fail but let that fear of failure drive you to improve it's a great saying i've said it like a million it times it's amazing. i like it too um Shag, he uh state championship for jody bass as an assistant coach at prestonwood? prestonwood they won the state championship this weekend in yes. taps yes Little taps congratulations they finish early to jody time. <laughs> congratulations to jody bass who spends about 90 percent of his time on the golf course and 10 percent of his time coaching <laughs> <laughs> i think that's how joe would like to have it too yeah no that's, doubt yeah, i'm not doing that right now i uh that'd be great but mrs no. duffield would approve <laughs> that's right <laughs> All right, anything else on Martin? No, they're, they're just going to be a tough test for us. Um, uh, we did play them in a, in a fall deal, but they didn't have all their guys. And, um, you know, I just going into this game this year just feels a lot different. Um, I think our, our guys, you know, the last two years we were coming in off such huge wins. Um, you know, the Plano game and the year before that beating Coppell and Anthony Black and those guys. Um you know, it was such a huge celebration. It was such a big deal. And 
I just know this about our guys after the game at SMU. Yeah, we were happy. We it was a bit, but uh, there wasn't a huge celebration. I mean, we're we are we are locked in and ready for this next game. So I'll give a little shout out, and these are the up and coming players for uh, Lake Highlands Elementary, Lake Highlands Elementary, Lake Highlands High School. Um, in the fourth grade division this year, my son Knox Woodard and his team, the WRE Warriors, went undefeated. There we go. Didn't all lose right. a game. Played all the teams in the league, which uh, we you played. Didn't dodge the, anybody? We played. We <laughs> played the ducking. two. So in the semifinals, <laughs> in the semifinals, we played a team we hadn't played, and in the finals, we played a team we hadn't played in the regular season. Won both of those games, and defense wins championships. Like I think there's no doubt about that. It's great to score a lot of points, but we had in the second half of the first game, we gave up zero points. Zero. And in the first half of the second game, we gave up three. So in the span of an entire game, we gave up three points. Solid, solid play for those kids. Uh, Chris Hill's team won the championship in the upper division. Steve Kramer's team won the division and was completely undefeated in the third division. There's a lot of good little uh, little basketball players coming up through Lake Highlands these days. Maybe that's uh, attributed to the success of Coach Duffield and the high school team. Yeah, so what is that class of 2030? 31. 30, 30, okay, 2030, man. I, okay, let's see if I can stick around that long. <laughs> it sounds like they've got our culture figured out already if they're, they're all about the defense. So I love that. And um, I'm sure we'll see those kids at, at camp come out to summer camp. And, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Fourth grade. All right, 20 – yeah, I'll mark that down on my calendar. I'll try to stick around until <laughs> then. I'll mark 2031 yeah. down on my calendar. Perfect. <laughs> all right, well, we're going to get out of here. Uh, we appreciate you. Thank you, Coach Joe. Thank you, guys. Let's let's do another one. Thank you, Brendan. Thanks, Scott, for hosting us again here in your basement on a Sunday night. As always, as always, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Lake Hooplands. See you in DeSoto. Listen to the podcast. Rate, subscribe, review. Do all the – what do they say? Jam that like button. Yeah, smash it. Uh, smash, smash it. Smash of a like button. Smash that like button. <laughs> And uh, we will talk to you next week. No, we'll talk to you sooner than that. We'll talk to you sooner than next week. Yep. Okay. Tuesday. Let's do it.